right, everybody. So today on the podcast, we have my coach, Steve Holt. <laughs> What's up, Steve? I am good, thank you. Yeah, I, I think it was Jared brought it to my attention first of all. Jared Feather, he was like Steve Hall. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I never thought about my last name sounding weird or anything. I was just like, it's just a bog standard name. But sure. <laughs> yeah. so good to be we, here. We were about it's to start. Been a while. Yeah, well, it's been a while since the podcast. So we had you on. I guess it was right before the training, maybe like a month or two. And now it's been six months of training. And now it's been maybe a month, a little bit less. So, uh, so yeah, eight months. But obviously, we've been having our regular check-ins and everything. So we're going to get on to that. But we had to pause for a second because as I was talking to Steve this morning, we we're talking about weights. And I realized, hold on, I didn't weigh in this morning. <laughs> so he stopped, got the weigh in. Uh, it's funny when you're like out of a routine, even just a little bit how much you can just forget, you know, some of like the normal things you have to do. I just had a client this week say that she, she, so there was like a delay at the airport and then the next day, whatever, she just wasn't able to get the way in. Um, but yeah, always just little things can throw you off. It's like, it's, that's got to be one of the most annoying things, but probably slightly more annoying is when you forget something that's like imperative to your workout that you just, mm -hmm. you normally put it in this one place. And for whatever reason, your routine got changed. So you put it somewhere else and you're at, you're at the gym and you're like, oh fuck like i forgot my straps or my like right. shoes or a belt or something i'm just like ah. yeah so uh and you said you're right under 190 right and i'm just one over 190 uh, are yeah. you do you have a goal of where you're trying to get to are you going to try to get heavier than your last off season so no i don't um yeah my i get i think people's and my own perspective on kind of pushing to new body weights and things like this has changed over time and i'm sure it will change again in future but my kind of perspective on it now is tr like in an off season. And I think a lot of people are like this, but I, and I still had this mindset before, but I also thought potentially pushing to new body weights was like inherently important, mm -hmm. but I'm not sure about that anymore. And I'm more so just like, I want to feel good and be able to train productively and stay at a body weight range and like body fat, I guess that's going to allow me to feel that way. So in my head, I think that range is going to be like mid 180s, hmm. like low 180s up to like high 190s to like 200. But I pushed over 200 in my last off season and you could argue it paid off, but yeah. I, it's hard to, you could, I could find ways to argue it maybe wasn't necessary. I don't know. Yeah. It's one of those where it's like those little nuance of like discussions and ideas where it's hard to argue, but I felt it was awful. Like, like if it gained me muscle, sure. Like, it's like you've said, like, if it's going to give you like muscle back like that's what we're after as bodybuilders yeah. you'll do it but if it's not like if i don't need yeah. to go there <laughs> or like if it was not productive at all man it was a horrific like number of months force feeding and just yeah. feeling like pretty terrible so yeah i know you you had a tough time with it which is it's so interesting to see the variability because like i'm right now just getting to the weight where i can quote unquote eat whatever i want and it's not to say you know if nobody's heard me say this before it's not because I can actually eat 5,000 calories a day and not gain weight. It's just that the amount I want ends up being about what my maintenance is. So like I could like, what was it? Two weekends ago, Easter weekend, I probably had 4,000 calories three days in a row, but then just my, my hunger was just less in the following days. And I ended up getting no weight by a week later today. I'm actually lighter than I was a week ago. Um, just again, because my body starts to fight against that a little bit, you know? Yeah, you're in that, I guess it's the body fat settling point or range or whatever, where right. you're just comfortable and you feel good. So, which for you, yeah, like 200 I mean, plus pounds must have been so far beyond <laughs> where you wanted I to think, be. 
before that, the heaviest I'd ever got was like just over 190. So it was mm. like a good, like 5% above anything I'd ever been before. Yeah. And so, yeah, even now, like I'm having, like I told you off air to get my body weight into the 190s, it looks like I'm going to have to push over 4,000 calories. Mm. Not that I told you how many I was eating, but like, it's a lot of food, like yeah. day in four day times out. a day, thousand calories. Yeah. You can't like miss if you miss a meal you're fucked like yeah, you can't right. add another thousand calories to another meal eat like not easily and then it starts impacting sleep that impacts the next day like sure. it just starts becoming this like this is when you become like some advanced bodybuilder problems in a sense like yeah yeah where do you, you have, start, to have everything in place do you start to implement more like you know junk food or is it always just try to be as healthy as possible so yeah this is it's a good topic because last time when my appetite wasn't great uh, i had some consultations with gabrielle fundero because my gut was just like yeah. you know, it's just not in a good place so i thought she might be able to help and she wondered if i'd gone too far down the route of like uh, low kind of micronutrient density and like low fiber but my fiber was still i was still getting over 30 grams of fiber every day um and, and this was a, a similar number of calories i'm on to now just over four thousand, and i was using a mass gainer shake and that was, uh, was it serious mass by optimum nutrition? Okay. And I was having like a, a serving or two of those a day, which is like thousands of calories in each serving. It was, and it was like, I was like, I couldn't get it down and I was trying yeah. to find a way to get it down the easiest, like using less water or more water or anyway. So I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to, for as long as I can keep kind of micronutrient, quite, like, I, I don't know how to phrase this the best way, like wholesome minimally processed foods sure. uh, for the most part and with just a bit of like junk here or there for as long as possible yeah and that's definitely i'm going to try and keep that as the base so like at least like the, the majority of my diet coming from that and then here or there there'd be like some discretionary calories coming in so right. every day there'd be like i don't know three four hundred calories of what people would quote unquote call just like pure junk food that's definitely right. happening and then i'll have a takeaway like once a week so my, like tonight i'll have no doubt pizza mm -hmm. uh, i know it's already on my mind and uh and then on the weekend normally me and charlotte go out for one meal but i mean so like i don't know even a pizza you can you can get into the discussion of like it's bread it's cheese it's right. like veggies <laughs> like i i don't have like tons of i don't know fatty meats on it or something like this which you might determine is like too much saturated fat to have in one go but i don't know uh, i'm going on a long-winded way no, saying, no, no. No, it's, it's, it's i'm trying to keep the majority of my diet kind of looking quote unquote like a bit bro-ish but like flexible sure. bro i would probably term it because i'm not on that like rice chicken grind that some people seem to think is special yeah no i agree it's funny i'm actually i'll probably get pizza tonight too which i as you know like i very rarely veer off the diet even when i have more calories i, I can keep it even just for gi reasons like pretty healthy um but i've been feeling good recently regarding the i was thinking what you said earlier with you said you, as far as gaining weight and you're not sure if it's necessary. And that seems to be the like classic natural bodybuilders path where they do the bulk. Right. And, and then after some period of time, they say, well, I don't know if it gained anything for me, if it netted anything for me, if it's worth it to do it. And now I'm just going to try to gain muscle in this like certain weight range. And it's hard to really know because obviously that just because of the time you're training correlates with far less productive off seasons, right? But is that because you're not gaining so much weight anymore? Or is it because you're just so far more advanced? And I, I kind of do think it, it's more like the latter because I did that experiment, I think I've mentioned to you, where I took two years and I bulked up 
40 pounds, which was 15 pounds heavier than I'd previously ever been. And I didn't really net anything. <laughs> so I'm glad I did the experiment so I could show myself like I've really tried everything, but it didn't end up being any more productive. Yeah, my my thought on it is kind of, I always boil it down to training is the match that lights the fire for muscle gain. It doesn't matter what you're doing outside of that with your nutrition or anything else. As a natural, um, it probably is probably the same for enhanced, but I always just like to frame it like that because I don't know, you can do some wacky things with that side. Mm -hmm. uh, so wherever you're having the best training performance and things are going up, that's where I would head. But then, yeah, you get into a situation, there's probably those, like I'm probably that sort of person that my body doesn't want to be a certain size. So my appetite starts becoming a limiting factor. Whereas like for you, you may have a better appetite than mm -hmm. I do. And so you could push up higher and it's like, is your training performance still going up? And if it is, I would be like, oh, in my mind, it's good to go up there. But then it's a case of, as you come down, trying to maintain right. as much of that performance as possible. And if it just ends up all coming off, it's kind of like, well, <laughs> right. Did, did, did that actually pay off or what? Yeah. I mean, cause I've never really had much of an issue with gaining weight unless I'm just trying to keep it like too strict, like perfectly healthy. But even if I allow like, reasonable thing that some people would always include i can I, like i've been up to 220 and it wasn't that difficult uh whereas like you remind me more of like my friend kevin who like he'll get you know taco bell like every day and he'll get like whatever and i know he eats a lot and he just like he said the same thing he had a mass gainer like it just made him like want to puke like um some people just I, you know it's a it's a good problem to have at some point for some people but if it's you're trying to gain as much muscle as possible it's not the best problem yeah, I think it makes sense as we're learning more about like obesity and how it, it isn't just people who are overindulging and they're mm -hmm. just like, there's, there's actually a, like everything, there's genetics involved with it. Yeah. So I could just be one of those people that's just like genetically set up to like, really, my body doesn't want to get big. It's just like, yeah. you stay skinny. And there's just <laughs> such a strong homeostatic kind of almost yeah. uh, like ceiling to that, that my body's like, no, but yeah, on the, I don't know if I actually said it, but with the, um, having more junk food in your diet, more highly palatable foods and everything. I, I did go down that route. And so that's what Gabby was thinking. Maybe I went too far down there and I upset right. some like gut microbiome right. or whatever that, that element. And so that ended up screwing up my appetite as well. So like you have to keep your gut healthy as well. And yeah, I hey, guess this yeah. is where the enhanced guys really find an issue because they just are trying to get ridiculously big. So they really yeah. have to manage those things a bit more. But, right. but then they also maybe, have things that can stimulate their appetite, right? So yeah. And, and I've seen that call an <laughs> appetite stimulant. Would that fall into enhanced? Um, I guess only if it was banned. Yeah. Like that's when people ask me like, what's natural? I'm just like, well, look at the like drug, like look at the band list. That's yeah. kind of how I just like, I'm just like, that's like, as objective as I can get really. Cause it's like, yeah. I don't know, it's creatine now. Like we're supplementing with more, like you wouldn't normally get that in like, right. you know, like years ago, we're now being able to extract that and supplement with it. But it's yeah, it's not a question so... <laughs> I've really cared about in a long time, to be honest, like what qualifies, because I don't like I don't have any pride in like being enhanced or natural or whatever. Like, I, yeah. I, I don't personally care. But um, but yeah, it is interesting when you can think of things that like all of the, the like pro hormones and designer steroids at one point were legal right back. in I don't even know when that was maybe 90s, early 2000s. So it, it's a whole kind of BS line, I guess, as, as what is technically natural. I remember the only things I can remember ever doing was I supplemented with like, I think it was like a bull bile supplement. Okay. It was meant to like 
help my digestion so then I'd be able to eat more and this was when I was like I don't know how old I was like 18 years old or something yeah. I take this thing because yeah you just try and take every supplement under the sun at that age right right so uh so let's get into the six months of coaching that we had together um so for people who saw the video which I think is probably most people the video it got a lot of comments I don't know if you actually went through and looked at the I comments did today yeah okay um so just for everybody to know, I decided not to sue Steve Hall. Instead, <laughs> we are going to have a charity boxing match, a celebrity <laughs> charity boxing match. So look out for updates on that in the future. So uh, let's see. So, I mean, I have a bunch of stuff here based on people's comments, based on um, I saw stuff from Pascal had a little thing there. I'm sure you guys sure. chatted a little bit about it. So before I get into mine, do you do you want me to just kind of go through a little thing or do you have like a general thought on it and then we can dive in from there um yeah i have some general thoughts on it i listened to it initially and i just didn't make any notes and i just listened through it and i was kind of like oh and i had a general impression and then i listened to it properly this morning and like made some notes and thoughts and i, I have some like summarized thoughts and feelings surrounding it and me and pascal have discussed it as well because uh, i guess and i won't go too long on this because i'll let I'll, I'll let you decide where you want to go with it but sure. um like obviously you didn't get you get a coach because you want results and ultimately you felt like you didn't get the results you wanted or uh, yeah I guess what you wanted like you want results and so for like myself I take incredible pride in being able to get people that and so sure. like very much like talking back and forth with Pascal like kind of uh, what your experience was some points and things you made and you made some good points yeah. that we're going to take on board as well in terms of moving forward with some of our clients and things so anyway yeah I'll let you I'll basically let you run it <laughs> I sure, just thought sure. okay because I just want people to know that um I, I take this like what I do as a living incredibly seriously so when I get a testimonial and feedback like I want to delve into every single bit of that to become a better coach and right. to give a better service so it was really glad, good to have like such a comprehensive review and I think it was also a review of like you know your journey in general as well sure, just like exactly um the coaching specifically and I appreciate it as well because you said some kind things surrounding the coaching experience as well and I'm, I'm glad overall you enjoyed it and got something from it even if it wasn't more muscle potentially <laughs> yeah yeah right so yeah a couple thoughts there I mean for one it's so it's impossible not to be bias on both ends right like obviously it's, it's your coaching right and you want to make sure that there's results and then also even even in my uh review of it i mean at this point i, I said in the video you and i've known each other for three years now right like i consider you a friend in the industry so it's it's hard to be perfectly objective but i try to step back and say okay what markers do we have for this and that um i would say that sure the goal would be more muscle like that is ultimately why i did it but you know, we, we, as we said, like it's, it's so long. And it, as far as like how long I've been lifting that I still consider it a benefit because of, you know, what I learned about your coaching, uh, just the enjoyment I got back, you know, it, like I said, after two years of doing the same thing, it was nice to be like, okay, this is fun and everything. And, and like looking forward to it. So, um, I guess I'll just kind of go through some points here, but I think, you know, it's what actually let me address i'm gonna read pascal's comments yeah i think it's almost got two thousand views got like 140 comments or something like that yeah why why did you have to not get results dave no <laughs> <laughs> and actually that's a point um i think that's one of the points pascal potentially wanted to pick up on and um i don't know if i can talk 
now just yeah yeah, yeah, go for <laughs> this, it. yeah i'll just go for it um because um, this and this is something we were talking about and we talked about it like you and me as well and i think in hindsight i have a better appreciation for who, like you and what we did together and uh i think the the thing the main thing was i i don't think i quite realized and i only realized it here and i don't know if i've heard it before i knew you were advanced and you'd been training a long time i don't think i quite realized you'd been training seriously for 16 years yeah and coming on like two decades yeah and so i was i i had in my head you were more um in line with the number of training years that i'd had so closer to like a decade and so that kind of reframed my thoughts a little bit in terms of kind of timelines in terms of realistic progress and i think that's where pascal was coming from he was like you've been training almost two decades you're very advanced how much muscle did you think you'd grow in six months and is it essentially is it enough time to make an assessment or judgment and i think when we set up i would i think i had more in my head again you were similar to my training age and typically if i had a client coming to me they are like half our training age right and so within six months for sure i like i, I think they should see tangible progress and now when I'm thinking about it, few, I'm like, well, six months as someone who's been training 16 years, seriously, how much muscle do we think that you could have gained in that time? Like a pound? Yeah, right. And then it's like, how, how can we assess that? Like, how, right. how, how is it? I, I, I don't even know. Like visually, you're not going to see it. Like you said, you're not going to see that on your physique. And we didn't uh, measurements. We didn't see it. But are you going to see it like spread across your physique and then lifting performance? Again, like how often are you hitting PRs? Are you hitting PRs in six months? I, 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 uh, maybe, like I'd hope, but right. I, I don't know. So it's just like, I, and I think it's easily a cop out for me to say we just needed more time <laughs> because right, right, like right, that, that could right. be that could be uh, like I think that truly could have been something, but it, it's just and I think it's just at that point where you're so advanced where maybe progress is coming at such a snail's pace. It's just like you have to so much trust in uh, like the process or sure. the science, I guess, because you, you don't have to trust the process because it's like scientifically driven and like, right. you know, you're doing sufficient volume, you're recovering, your performance isn't going down. Maybe it's slowly creeping up at like a snail's pace. And so you should be growing and you just have to like blinders on, do this and commit for like fucking five years. And you've netted like a couple of pounds of muscle. And it's like, holy shit, was it worth it? <laughs> I don't right, know. Right. That's, yeah. That's kind of where, me and Pascal talked about it. We were like, man, may maybe six months just wasn't a a enough. Um, or And then it comes to your discussion of, and I've said it before, where I think people hit like a, maybe they don't hit like a hard cap in terms of genetic ceiling, but it's just like the investment <laughs> is no longer worth the, the payback. And right. that is a very <laughs> fair argument. Or even there are a point in their life where they can't invest that much. Like they've got a wife, they've got kids. They have like, I don't know, a, a very serious career. They don't have the time to do all the like little detailed things sure. that maybe just stack up. And I know you also argued about like hating that 1% argument. Like maybe mm -hmm. the BCAAs will make you 1% better. Right. And uh, I agree because uh, like fundamentally, so many of those things, there's just no basis behind it. You can't, and they, these are the people that will just chuck everything at it. And yeah. I think naturals fall into that a lot because we don't have any supplement like enhancements we can up the dose for example it's just like we can take more creatine uh, i don't know let's fucking yeah. try any new supplement like the turkestone turkestone right, right, right. i don't know if i said yeah. that right well, i think one. it's because people <laughs> so 
right? That just happens. There's a, going to be a correlation between the people who take this the most seriously doing the most things, right? And it's always that there's that correlation. They'll then assume because I do all these things, that's why I'm so much more advanced than you. And it's like, no, it's, it's almost entirely, in my opinion, genetics and training age and consistency, right? So it's yeah. great that you're doing all these extra things, but it doesn't really mean anything um, necessarily. So yeah. I just want to read a, a comment. There's a few things I'll read, but so one, there's a guy, Cornelius Park, and I've had the podcast, um, enhanced guy, enhanced coach, just coach probably hundreds of people. And somebody wrote uh, that, and he's pretty close with Scott Stevenson too. And they're like, oh, it'd be interesting to see you guys work together. And then even Cornelius said, uh, nah, that, that probably wouldn't work. Um, it's not a bad thing. He just said, people, well, he said, I'm kind of in this land now of disillusionment where nothing really seems to work, which is, you know, kind of true. Um, doesn't surprise me because a very strong natural limit and he's there. He trains hard. He's OCD enough for me to know diet isn't the issue. I do strongly believe within five years, David will come over to the TRT side. <laughs> um, and he basically just said that, like, even he knows from knowing me that it's not like a, you're not trying hard enough issue. It's not a consistency issue. It's just, that is a long time. And I think a lot of people do, you mentioned that it's been 16 years. People need to understand that there's a big difference between seven to 10 years and 15 plus years. Like people could say, oh, but like Jeffrey Verdi Schofield's making all this progress or Steve Hall's making all this progress. Well, when you competed, I mean, I think you even said, I did listen to your last video on like the truth about genetics with Pascal. And you were saying how when you first competed, realistically, your actual like significant training time was what, like five to seven years? Is that what you said? Uh, when I first competed, did you say? Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, my history is weird because I started training when I was before, like when I was 15 and now I'm 32. Hmm. So like, it is actually like a long time, Yeah. but because of my head injury at uh, 20 years old, it kind of took me right back down to baseline. So like, hmm. I don't even, and I'd stalled, I, I thought I hit my genetic ceiling at fucking like 19 years old. Yeah. Like, I was like seeing no progress and it's basically because I wasn't eating enough right. and that held me back for ages. And then I learned more about training and like pushing myself and technique and everything like this. So yeah, it's, it's a challenging one. So I tend to say like from 2012 was when I started taking things like seriously and doing things more properly. Okay. That's when I had my introduction to like La McDonald mm -hmm. and uh, like Alan Aragon. So I kind of got the kind of training nutrition aspects I found through DMJ, Matt August. So that's when I was really getting serious, I think 2012. So yeah, like a, a decade now, I would say of like real serious stuff. So it's kind right. of like similar to you where you said 16 years serious, four years of just like, yeah, I well, I started losing weight when I was like 10. And, and then I started lifting at home with some BS routine, like just nothing really um, at 12. But I mean, at 14, it really was like progressive overload. Like I had this huge gym owner come up to me, actually came up to my dad and was like, oh, he's doing it right. Like I had a log book, like, I mean, literally as seriously as like I've ever taken it, I started at 14. So not a lot of people can say that. And it's just, it is different than eight to 10 years, right? Um, I know what you were saying in yours, you gave the example of, well, you know, maybe I could get to this level and say, I, Hey, I was a good amateur, but like, I've, I've kind of, you know, maxed it out, or you could take it the other direction, which you're going to take it. And I would say in your case, a hundred percent, I think you should take it the way you're going to take it because you're doing well, right. You, you probably still have a little bit left to gain. Maybe that is just a couple pounds over years, but there's still something and then a huge aspect is this is your career, right? This is your life. Like, even if you actually maintained, people would still see the journey and see, like, just 
from a financial and like, not that you're doing it just for money, but it, it makes sense in all, all ways you look at it, right? For you to keep doing it. So I, I totally agree with you there. And I hope that uh, by the time I'm like 40, I'll have learned now how to help someone in maybe better help someone in your position uh, and or know more about and be more confident in, okay, it was six months. We needed like a, a year. I don't know. Be more confident in that sort of thing because right now it's like a, uh, like I, this is like all, all I can pull at and hope that there's something there. Uh, so, and like I said, um, like I'm, and it makes it like for me, it is my career. I can train twice a day, like every day if I want to do pretty much. Like I can control my lifestyle around it. And I also mentioned about like who I am as an individual. I know you mentioned how when we were working together, like five days a week meant sometimes you'd miss out on like weekend trips or something, mm-hmm. uh, which I, like I hate hearing that because like my coaching hat comes on and I'm like man we could have worked around that somehow or whatever and like I know you wanted to commit to what we were doing so I can understand why you're just a bit more strict and rigid to it which I I totally respect that um but for me it's like I don't I rarely even fucking do anything (laughs) like I'm just like (laughs) this like uh kind of recluse in some ways and maybe uh, like part of me is like oh maybe I would want to do more and uh, like yeah take on these other aspects but yeah I'm see where where i can take it in that regard and um i'm still i think the most important thing is like you enjoy it enough to to commit that much but some people do need to make that choice like if like they want me and they have the same like bodybuilding genetics i have maybe maybe it's not fucking worth it just do some long distance running maybe right right well somebody said in my comments section they were like have you ever considered you just have horrible genetics for building muscle like it seems like nothing you do works and I was like, well, one, I don't think I have good genetics, certainly. I may be average, maybe. Um, but two, I said, let me be clear. I'm not saying nothing works. I'm saying nothing works now. But, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I big, mean, I was shorter before, but I probably have 50 to 60 pounds more lean body mass at the same body fat compared to when I was 14, which again, obviously there's puberty involved. So I'm not saying like I just gained 60 pounds of muscle, but I've obviously gained a lot. It's just, you know, it's just a different time period. Um, you had said something else. Oh, I was going to say also that, you know, some people had talked about like picking up another sport and whatnot, but the thing is also in terms of improving, I'm strictly talking about lean body mass accrual at the same body fat here. If we're talking about just bodybuilding, there's so many ways you can still improve, even if you didn't gain any muscle, right? I mean, Jeff Alberts, you know, kind of famously, I guess, in the natural community has said that he gained, I think like 10 pounds of competition weight way late in his career because he was basically crash dieting. So even though he didn't gain that much in the off season, he retained more. So retaining more lean body mass, posing, getting your tanning better, you know, just like learning to enjoy the process more. Maybe even if improvement comes from like, you know, not alienating friends and family this season and you just find a way to, you know, improve there. So all I have to say, like, I don't compete. Right. So I'm just talking about lean body mass, but there's obviously a lot of ways in bodybuilding you can still improve. And also just who shows up that day. Maybe you get a higher placing because somebody didn't show up or something, you know? Not that um, we want to take it in this direction, but that last point, people don't understand. Mm -hmm. Like, unless you're a competitor and you've been doing this a while, you don't realize how important it is who turns up. Sure. Because you'll see people and they will post that they won the show and it's like okay who turned up and maybe it was no one <laughs> and so they won and lost right and yeah, you were right. none the wiser yeah. and i've had first-hand experience of that because i came second in the amateur worlds 
I came fourth in my qualifier for that. And that's because oh, wow. no one above me from the UK went. So I got uh, the invite. Okay. And so it was who turned up. If all my other UK mates <laughs> came with me, I would have come fucking fifth. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. The, the guy that won it probably, I mean, maybe he wouldn't have won it. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, it's, yeah. Yeah. Like who knows? I mean, just point. by competing, if you were to say, hey, I'm just going to compete twice a year for the next 10 years, just by the numbers, you're probably going to have some great placings, some poor placings, right? You just yeah, do yeah. it long enough and you can say, Hey, I got first place at a bodybuilding show. Like, no, like no disrespect to it. It's just, it, it's so dependent on, you know, not just you versus powerlifting. Sure. Your placing depends on who shows up, but you can say objectively, I added 15 pounds to my total this year, right? Or I, I lost weight. You know, you can be a little bit more objective about it. But I think your point in terms of like, um, advanced competitors gaining tiny amounts of like uh, I think it was Eric Helms who always says about kind of don't focus on body weight and he like posted up images of him basically almost like the same stage weight basically but looking like a bigger individual and then it is and I can and me and Pascal talked about this when we were talking about it was like even last time I competed even though I clearly had gained lots of muscle mass I was still questioning and doubting myself I was like have I like I don't really like mm. because like you mentioned um like you change exercises but you improve technique it's like i literally just did that recently on my straight leg deadlifts and it's like i'm weaker but they they i'm getting better like feedback in terms of uh, i'm getting actual like soreness within my hamstrings now versus just like systemic fatigue it's like to know you're once you're at this like no man's land in a sense of like advanced bodybuilding it's like there's so many things you just kind of have to like just keep working at it, <laughs> keep going. And hopefully yeah. something will have stuck in a sense. And that makes it sound really like, I don't know, like, what are you doing? Like you have no idea, but we have all the fundamentals in place. And it's just a kept about like just consistently moving down this path. And it, it, yeah, like, you know, it's a tricky ball game once you're in this kind of area. Yeah. You, you don't get that quick feedback when right. you're a more intermediate or novice. Yeah. And you might disagree with me here, but I, I know a lot of people say don't focus on the weight. And I agree in that it's very often seen in natural bodybuilding that somebody in following years comes in lighter, right? And, and but they're way leaner and they place better. You know, they just didn't diet enough for the show, et cetera. So that's fine. However, I do think that to some degree weight, like, like if you were to say to me, hey, guy got coached by 3DMJ and I use them as an example because like if they're coached by them, you know, they're going to come in pretty lean probably. And they were the exact same weight, but then they showed me pictures like, oh, but I look so much bigger here. I would really kind of question that because we know pictures can be like so, so variable, especially if you're just like, here's a picture of somebody on stage. It's not like the perfect settings. To me, it's like, if in both you qualify as contest lean and there's some, and you're the same weight, but somehow you're seeing one as like all this progress, I would just really question that. I would look at the difference in leanness more so because to me, I think pictures are really helpful for the, the, for comparing leanness. Again, assuming same lighting, but size, it's just so hard to pick up in pictures, like actual changes in size, like we talked about. Like even if Eric, I mean, again, I don't know what the pictures you're referring to, but even if he gained three pounds of muscle, which at his stage would be really good, would he really look like that much bigger on stage in the identical settings? I, I don't know. I, I mean, I would question that. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think it's it's a good point. Uh, I can, I think I can relate to this because 2014 to then competing in 2017 was almost identical stage weight. I was a marginal amount leaner, 
but that really made me like I don't know realize I hadn't made that much progress <laughs> mm. I was just like oh shit and so <laughs> <laughs> that really it kind of and I'd been working like in my head really hard and doing everything I could yeah. I had some little I don't know like a shadow following me and I, I was a bit like worried about gaining body fat things like this and I I just understood the process better between 2017 to then 2021 uh, mm-hmm. uh, when I competed. And so I gained actually like tangible stage weight and came in leaner. So like yeah. it was like like everything you would want. Um, but your point on photos, you made this during your kind of uh, process of reviewing everything like photos. It is my biggest like bugbear with clients when I can't get consistent photos. Like, you know, I nagged you for photos. Yeah. But it's not, I don't just want photos. I want like, I want flex photos as well because I find some people just give me relaxed. I'm like, oh, fuck you. If you're like 5% body fat, I can't tell you're 5% body fat if you're relaxed. Well, I kind yeah. of can, but most people can't. Sure. And I, I want to see you flex so I can kind of see kind of how the muscles look underneath. Are we seeing any more details come through? But then it's like you mentioned as well. I don't know. I'll see people checking in like every week with photos as a natural. I'm like, unless you're in a fat loss phase, right? Like, and even every week is a bit much for that. But in a gaining phase, like every month, we're not looking to see that you've made muscle gain because you're gaining probably as an advanced lifter more fat than muscle. Like, yeah, actually, you're going to look worse week to week. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that's when we compare to previous body weights. And that's why your photos, whilst like, we're, and in hindsight, when you're discussing like your level of advancement in six months, how much muscle are you going to gain? Are they going to be visible in photos? It's actually not. But your photos were a good representation of that they should look like this. But I even noticed when I was reviewing those, even little slight posing differences sure. make the little bit of difference between yeah. them. I was looking at one, I was like, oh, you're hitting that slightly better than that shot. Yeah. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> well, there was the one picture I'll see, I'll, I'll like throw it in here. But you know, the one I'm talking about where you said like my shoulders and and the chest maybe looked a little fuller. And, and so what we had had the pictures kind of reverse to try to eliminate some bias there. And I guess my question would be, so on the picture right was last year. And a lot of the comments were saying that that did look better. If we had had that, and, and you know, probably the response that is, oh, but like maybe the lighting's different. Maybe, you know, so, you know, something's different that we can't really tell. But let's just say that it was flipped. Let's say that like the one on the left was actually last year and the one on the right was actually this year right now. You know, if we're trying to be honest about it, don't you feel like if you saw that picture, you'd say, hey, look, there's some pretty clear progress there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, and this is one of the things actually uh, I think I do as a coach and maybe you don't realize it. And I don't think it's a problem so long as I know I'm doing it and I am honest with my clients is that I, in general, will go much more on the side of being very positive and encouraging Mm -hmm. about how things are going versus like, man, it really doesn't look like anything's happening here. <laughs> yeah. If we're doing, if they're doing everything they should be uh, by the book almost, and I have no reason to doubt they're making progress and it looks like there's progress, I will very much encourage it. Um, and so that's why sometimes with like, you didn't actually have your check-in photos every month. If I saw those, hopefully this probably would have happened where maybe you were looking like, I don't know, just we we're picking up on things and maybe I would have said like, oh, something's looking better here, here. And somewhere along the line if you believe in the process if there's that kind of uh, like mindset shift of just like oh like steve thinks i'm growing muscle this is awesome and i'm not saying i'm trying to deceive in that and like i said i'm very honest about it right but if i can encourage that process of they believe in the program it's all going the right way 
Like, I think that's a, a good thing. Uh, I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah, it's like you said. And when you sent them across to me, I already had in my head, I was like, I'm going to be as objective as possible and not. And I even thought maybe you'd flip them just because I was like, maybe this is something Dave would do. So <laughs> I was just very honest when I gave you my feedback to yeah. like the way it was because I didn't know. And it's not helping anyone by me kind of being deceptive. And also sure. it's like you discussed how, like, even if you'd gained like the most we could have ever hoped for was like a pound of muscle maybe. Yeah. And even, and actually, I guess, cause you mentioned your legs. So maybe your legs, <laughs> if you'd got them in, but that was a different yeah. story. Um, so it's like, we're never going to visually probably see it anyway, unless there's like some sort of miracle going on. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's, and that's the thing. Like people were saying, even when we started, it's like, how are you going to assess it? And I was like, guys, like, it's going to be really tough. And that's why I said, if I even had a quarter of an inch, not even a quarter, even like an eighth of an inch of my arms or my waistline was a quarter of an inch smaller at the same weight or my calipers, it, but it really was. And I'm, you know, I'm just trying to be honest with everybody. It really was like identical. And, and I know I, and I really do actually think most people like they're not amazing at taking measurements, but like, I really have done it thousands of times and I'm extremely consistent. So I, I do think for me, it does apply. Um, but I also think that somebody said, somebody said in one of the comments was like, you know, I just don't see how this is possible. Like, couldn't you do this specialization routine? Wouldn't it grow? Couldn't you do this? And then it wouldn't grow. And it's like, okay, so let's say that was the case. Well, now it's six months later, I've done that. Well, now what's your answer? Another specialization routine? Like at some point, there is a limit More time. <laughs> and I, I think, right, right. And I don't think people realize like, it wasn't like I was just doing, you know, like full body three times a week for 15 years. Like after eight years, I was pulling out all of these things. I, I can't tell you how many specialization routines I've done. I, you know, I've worked with three coaches. If we, if we talk with you, I've obviously talked with a lot of people, you know, I talked with John Meadows back in like 2012 and, and it had a routine by him. Scott Stevenson, like, it's not like I hadn't tried these things. So, um, and like you said, even you, if, if, how many times have we talked over the years, even you didn't realize the extent to which I had taken things. So it's just important to keep in mind and also keep in mind this whole like hard stall probably applies to like 1% of lifters. Maybe like, it, like don't hear this and think, well, I'm five years in, like, I guess I'm done. Like, doesn't matter now. Like, that's not the message you should take. You know, um, I, I just think it's, good to have the info out there but it's not applicable to most lifters i think that was something that i did want to I, I probably should have brought it up right at the start was just to make people very aware of your background uh, in terms of everything there in terms of like 16 years serious um with everything going on i think that is just a sign of like when you have been doing this for so long you're inevitably going to have these like some people can hit a cap in terms of their like they're, they're so injured and banged up sure, <laughs> as a right. bodybuilder they can't keep progressing and actually i've seen i think i saw someone post about that recently like a, he's very good natural bodybuilding he's like he's got these injuries he's trying to work around he just can't progress around them or what have you so um so yeah that was one of the things i definitely want to make like very clear to people was and it the thing you said there in terms of like uh, i guess the argument would be at least the argument i would try and make if i was trying to argue against a hard cap is that and you might agree with this i'm not sure that there's maybe something that almost looks like a hard cap but it's so slow gains that it, like it's like almost undiscernible like you can't mm. like actually like almost track it it's so so in untangible and so yeah that that's the only thing is like, is it a like cap or is it like the gains are so slow you literally you couldn't ever tell unless you review it in 
of fucking five years or something. Right. Yeah. And then like in, in five years, what would that be? Like I said in the video, if I had gained, like, let's say somehow we just, you know, knew magically that I, if I did six days a week for an hour and a half each session over the next five years, I'd gain one pound of muscle per year. I think a lot for a lot of people that would not be worth it, but it actually would be for me. Like if it was a guarantee that that's there. Um, I personally just don't believe anything naturally would do that for me at this point. But even if it would, without that guarantee, how could you really know? I, I mean, so you'd be talking about half a pound every six months. Like how am I, even with how good I am at measurements, how am I going to detect that? Right. It, it's just almost impossible. So I don't want to be so, I don't want to be so stubborn with it that I'm not even open-minded to the idea that maybe something could happen. My personal belief is that, you know, short of literally like quitting my job and having like every last bit dedicated to it, nothing else is really going to happen. But um, like I said, it's possible there's two pounds out there, you know, under the perfect conditions. Sure. Um, But I, I think, you know, an example, if we go to something more objective, like powerlifting, if you had been doing this for let's say 16 years and from year like 12 to 16 like literally nothing happened like your totals you know maybe you did some accessories and they went up and you did you gained weight and this went up but at the same body weight after like three or four years it was exactly the same and, and you would you know hire a coach you would try different things I, I think it's probably reasonable at that point to say all right well maybe I'm gonna maintain or, or just find like a different hobby while maintaining that like I don't know if I'd say well because there's an ego aspect, right? You don't want to let go. This is how you identify. And like, you don't want to be like, well, I guess I'm just maintaining. It's very hard. And I think going back to the positivity thing, I think that's why a lot of natural bodybuilders, even after 20 plus years can still convince themselves that, you know, you know, Tom Venuto, I had on the, the channel. And I think, I, I think I actually gave you the introduction had, to him. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I, yeah, forwarded an email, but anyway, he, I remember saying like, oh, and when he sees his, uh, former coach or whatever, Richie, he's like growing like crazy. And it's like, you know, Tom, you look amazing, but you know, you're like 45 years old, you've been doing this since you're like 15, you're not changing that much, you know? So I like the positivity. It's just hard for me to not see it as like somewhat delusional at times. Um, But I understand the utility of it for motivation. I know where you're coming from. Uh, I think it's a really sticky situation, but I'm glad that you're open to it because I think that is the difference. Um, and it might be <laughs> ultimately what means that you don't get those extra two pounds. Um, if we're theorizing they were available in that competitors, we're competing. And we're, in our older years, even if we're not growing, we're still going to train as if we're going to grow. And so we're kind of investing a lot into it. And so we almost have to convince ourselves that it's worth it <laughs> in a sense. Whereas for you, it's like, you would continue, maybe it's, let's say it was my coaching and the way we we're approaching things. You would do that for years to come, knowing that you're going to gain two pounds at the end of it. But is it worth it to you if there's a chance that you're not going to gain those two pounds? No, but as a competitor, you're going to fucking do it anyway, because you're a competitor and you want to improve and you're going to do things like, I don't know, like you said, even in your dieting periods, maybe you improve on those, you lose less muscle during your contest prep. That looks like you've improved. So you're kind of invested and you're bought into doing right. it. Whereas for you, that it's just it's just ultimately not worth it because it, and I just think to like what we did and like in terms of like you're training close enough to failure, you're training with a level of volume that you can recover from up to a point you can't recover from it, and 
we're kind of deloading, reducing fatigue, and we're building back up. Like, I, I'm not sure there's no like tricks <laughs> in right, science, right. like necessarily. And the only thing, and I'm glad you brought up, was specialization. Because I was thinking, what would I have done in future if things were continuing to go this way where it looked like you were kind of stalling? I'm like, maybe I would have gone for like a specialization because we never truly specialized. We had like, emphasis on arms and things. Right. And maybe I would have gone down that. Maybe to ask you that, like, what what would be your next steps if we had another six months? I thought that was a good question. Yeah. Like, what would you do? Really good question. So I think ultimately <laughs> this is going to sound, I, I think it's fine actually after speaking uh, about it, like the, what we saw is probably what we would expect in some ways. I hoped for more, absolutely hoped for more. And like you did, you hoped for more. And I think you had to, and I I think I said this to you a few times, you had to be open-minded for progress because if you close your, if you're like, doing it just to prove a point like this is never right, right. Really, like you're <laughs> yeah. never like I, I very much feel like body <laughs> follows mine <laughs> <laughs> I mean it was more of a like like you can finally say you've tried everything or whatever I don't know um but I don't think that was where you're coming from but I think you what we saw was almost what we might expect if we were being very honest with kind of your level and everything that we we're doing and so we were seeing some like mini progress like meso to meso there's maybe an extra rep here or there you're gaining weight though so it's like is it like progress or is it just because you're heavier so i don't think that went like against how i'd expect things to go we auto regulated your volume nothing kind of weird happened in that process i think it very much went how i would like it to you were having good sleep you were kind of adhering on your end that sort of thing to a level that i thought was definitely acceptable to see progress so i probably just more time doing more of that would have been one thing I certainly do, um, because like I've nothing in my experience personally or with clients or through the literature and from what we're doing speaks against that, like trying something completely different, but then something I would try if that still wasn't kind of seeing what we wanted in terms of returns, potentially trying specialization periods. Um, and then like just essentially rinsing and repeating that process coming through mini cuts hoping during those mini cuts we maybe maintain that training performance that you built at that heavier body weight so that extra rep didn't disappear as you came down leaner so that your overall performance in the long run was on the up and on the rise because yeah like we've said before you can get real big and heavy and your performance can be good but if you lose it all on the way down that's no good so i'd hope we could maintain that so that's kind of where i would be going with things i think yeah yeah, I, I think that makes sense. And it's one of those, like, and I know I've said this so many times, but just because you had mentioned, like, oh, maybe it's not worth it. Like, I, I do want to be super clear that I personally just don't believe that that would happen. Um, I, I'm, like, open to it, I guess. I just don't think that would be the outcome. Otherwise, it, it still at this point would be worth it for me. Um, but almost in a way, you could still kind of test it. Like, like I said, for me, I actually really enjoy three days a week. Um, I'm still getting six to eight hard sets per muscle group and I could fit in more like I do 12 for back. Um, I could fit in more in that time, but also like, let's say I said, well, you know, do I have any growth left at all? You could easily still do a specialization with three or four days a week. If I said, you know what, I'm going to try a bicep specialization. I could do that three. I could do biceps three days a week. Like even if we were working out in general, five or six days a week, you probably wouldn't work and act like an individual muscle group more than three or four times per week. So I could just start every session with bicep curls, for instance, or whatever, you know, muscle group I'm working. And I've done that. And it still, you know, didn't really do anything. I gave the example of the uh, pull-up specialization I did with Omar Esau's routine. This was like 2018. Um, and, you know, 30 plus sets a week for back. And it just 
didn't do anything. Now, again, what's the time frame we're measuring that, but it gets into this whole thing. Like Scott Stevenson, like I know if I were to have him on, he would talk about like the power of the placebo effect and the mindset. And it's like, it's almost like a Trump card. Like, what can I say to that? Like, if it's like, okay, well, I didn't have this. I didn't have this. I didn't have this. And then somebody pulls out like the wild card. Oh, but did you believe it enough? What can I say? <laughs> you know, oh, well, let me triple my belief next time and we'll see if that works. Like, I almost don't have a response for it, you know? It's why I don't like using it because I know that it's, it is like that. Um, but it is, you, you have to also include it because it's tr- it is true to a certain extent. Yeah. To an extent. So like, like I, that's why I said with like the checking process and everything, I'm big on like just encouragement and belief. And I, I even will say it in some like uh, starting videos, I wouldn't have said this in yours because you probably <laughs> would have like laughed at me, but I'm like, <laughs> I want you to believe that like I've done everything to my knowledge and power. And this is, it's true. Like I'm not lying. This program is going to grow you as best as we possibly can. Right. And I, the more, and I do believe the more someone believes in that process, that, that meant, and they have that mentality, the better results they're going to get. But it, yeah, it's like uh, you come into all these placebo effects uh, yeah. and like, <laughs> do you want the honest truth right. and the hard reality? So I can see why people will like, like there is that, like you have the two camps, like almost the La McDonald's that's like, you've like reached your peak after like five years or something. Yeah, I can't yeah, remember right. its exact argument, but I'm just kind of spitballing on that. And then you'll have the other camp of like, I don't know, someone like, I think you've brought up maybe Chris Barakat before, who's very much like, no, you can make all this like progress on this end. And I've seen other people like, talk about that and that there is you, you hope that you're somewhere in the middle i think for most right. people but yeah you i can see and it's the same with the trump card of like more time like i yeah i legitimately think more time could have bred more results but i also don't want to use that as like an excuse so it's like this is it comes back to that discussion round are you at this cap or is it like a creeping thing where it's just like it's so slow that you know to who the right fuck right and then it is that yeah, do you come uh, and you, yeah, we can't say hard either way. It's like, how can you know you're at your genetic ceiling? There's no, you can't ever know. Right. <laughs> it's just right. like, you're probably in fucking incredibly close. That's at least we can say that. Right. Sure. Well, next meso, we will inject two cc's of belief <laughs> and double the time. So, um, yeah, yeah. You know, but I mean, it's, it is true. Is that, that in general, even outside of training, is an interesting topic, right? Like I brought up before on the podcast, like if you look at the research on like IQ, it's almost like disheartening, like how much genetics probably plays into that and, and the things like that. And so would you tell a kid like, Hey, like realistically, you know, you're probably not going to do that well in school. Like, <laughs> yeah. like that's not going to help anything. You know, you don't want to lie, but, and then, you know, how much of it is just because they get the positive feedback, they are consciously or subconsciously doing more, right? Like maybe this is somebody who like you and I are not going to have an issue for the most part where we're like, yeah, you know, maybe I'm just not going to go to the gym today. But if you have somebody who is maybe a little bit less motivated or, or strict, maybe that positive feedback didn't biologically change anything, but it made them, you know, mentally more into it. So like, you know what, I'm getting this positive feedback. I'm going to go to the gym because that's like hundred percent the case. Like for a lot of people, that is totally the case. So I, from that standpoint, I do believe in, you know, the positive reinforcement and everything. Does it change anything like, again, like physiologically, uh, you know, the placebo studies are very fascinating, you know, so it's, it's hard to say. Yeah, they, some of them are crazy. Like the placebo effect in some instances can do some weird, really weird stuff. I just remember 
Miguel uh, wrote an article for our website ages ago. Like mm. it may have even been things like people can recover from certain things and it's just like, there's no reason for it, but you believed in it. I think even, um, and I, I can't speak for people here, but I've, I've heard about it with like cancer patients. It's almost mm. like the belief that you're going to get crush it and you're going to get through it is like, it's been spoken about. It's so important to actually recover. And it's like the scientist in me doesn't like to believe these yeah, placebo, sure. it, like it is science, but it's also like, it's not science at the same time. But I think um, Greg Knuckles ages ago, I think brought up an example about like people followed the same program, but one person had like a coach and the other person just followed the program on paper. The person who had the coach did better just because they had someone that they believed in yeah. and that was helping them it's like wow like <laughs> just having that like person who believes in you can be so powerful so i obviously wasn't a big enough <laughs> belief. yeah yeah no i think <laughs> i think um some of the studies like again i because it's also there's a set like i remember doing a um you know the, the whole 23 and me ancestry stuff like that I'm not saying that's like completely validated, but they do have, you can run it through something called Prometheus. And it kind of like says like what every gene has been studied to like have an influence on. And one of mine was like, well, a quick little side story. They have, you know, it's like 22,000 genes. And so like you go through and it's like, there's this many positive and there's this many neutral and this many negative. And so the number of allegedly positive and neutral is way higher but even a small percentage of 22,000 genes is still a lot. So there's like, you know, let's say 2000 negative ones. And in my mind, I was like, I'll go through the negative ones first and then I'll go through positive. So I'm going through like thousands of things saying about like increased cancer risk, increases. <laughs> this is a horrible idea. And obviously those would be balanced out by positive ones. But, um, but one of the, like one said, uh, decrease susceptibility to the placebo effect, which I thought was interesting. And, and there is like, you know, when people do these, uh, these like stage shows and they'll like hypnotize somebody. Well, one of the things they do at the start is they will have a bunch of people and they'll see who is more susceptible to their influence. And then they'll pick the person who seems like the most susceptible. So it's not, some people really genuinely get quote unquote hypnotized, but not everybody would be susceptible to it. Like, I, I feel like personally, if I was called on stage, I'd be like, this is bullshit. Like, yeah, go ahead and try. Like, I'm going to specifically try to like <laughs> prove you wrong. Right. So some of these placebo studies, like everybody knows about the steroid ones where these people who are already advanced lifters, gained so much. And I'm just like, how that just does not make sense to me. Because um, I've told you the story where I tried to placebo my brother. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, didn't do anything. And, and, you know, go on like, a, go on like the bodybuilding forums, and there's no shortage of people complaining that like, is my steroid fake, like, because they believe they bought steroids, and then nothing happened. So um, it, it just makes me question it is all I'm trying to say. I reckon I would be one of those people that would be easily placeboed i have a feeling <laughs> i think i'm heavily influenced by things because i can even remember things like i don't know the first time i took like ashwagandha and i was mm. like oh i feel weird <laughs> and, I was like, <laughs> and then i took it that it didn't it doesn't make me feel like that now but like i get that like i don't know i'm very susceptible to like those sort of uh, things so i and i can completely see how it could be a genetic thing like i'd totally be the person that david blaine would like pick out right. like i'm gonna fuck that guy <laughs> right over and i just like oh shit what are you doing to me That's uh, so yeah it's interesting that it even comes down to this level because you probably do see some of the people that talk about it the most you're you're almost like for you you're like how are you saying this this makes no sense and some of them like they are seeing these things and i can see why they and then like to you, like, why do you believe in it? <laughs> and it's right, just like, right. this, it is just a back and forth. It's never going to get anywhere, but it's a very interesting topic. Nonetheless, I think for sure. 
I just wanted to make sure, I, I imagine Pascal will see this. So one, hello, Pascal. Two, I just want to see, like, if, if I didn't get to everything that he was wondering, um, you can let me know, or, you know, I can always DM him as well. But he had said in his comment, he's like, you know, uh, my question is, what were the true expectations? Were they realistic to begin with? If satisfaction could have only been achieved with an outcome that equals a miracle, then likelihood of what's deemed success is fairly low, given your training age, age, and what we know about muscle gain for naturals, the likelihood of a significant visual difference in six months is near zero. Hence, not the best measurement of success, in my opinion. And so like, to be clear, I totally agree with that. And actually, it was, as you mentioned earlier, it was you who really wanted the pictures. Like, I, I pretty much knew, like, what are we going to see in pictures? I did it just so we could have them. But of course, as we said many times, like, we're not going to see that in pictures. Even if I gained two pounds of muscle, two pounds of muscle at contest lean, you'll, you'll probably pick it up. Two pounds of muscle at 16% body fat, like, you're just not going to see it. So that's why I was saying things like, the measurements, gym performance, things like that. Um, and gym performance itself is tough because so many exercises were different. You know, that's why I tried to then replicate the same workout, but even that would take a little, like maybe take a month for me to kind of get back into getting used to that routine again. Right. So, um, I think that was the main thing that he brought up. I just wanted to make sure that I, I fully answered what he said. Um, was there anything else that he brought up to you that he wanted me to answer? No, I think it was the main emphasis was on his essentially the first thing where and mostly your training age i think has the biggest influence like after 16 years of training can you actually see whether or not the coaching is working after six months and that's a, a good question yeah. and i think we hope that would be enough time but i think it's an equally fair argument to say but how much muscle could you grow in that time right and it's like well not enough to maybe track and then it's like oh how do you know if coaching's working yeah you don't so for like most people i work with i think six months we'd probably see and like if it's fat loss i mean it's like, of course yeah. they're gonna see progress sure. but for building muscle it's so slow i think it's why like like a 10 week fat loss like group coaching thing or whatever will sell but like a year-long mass gaining program right, <laughs> right no one's gonna do that yeah. so i think that was the main point he wanted to make was just like maybe it just like maybe it wasn't enough time and that that's what was it <laughs> yeah yeah right it's, it's hard to say i like that video you guys watched that you um the improvements Eve is in that you guys did um just in general it's a good good video but i noticed that at one point you said something about you were comparing yourself you said that you'll see some like 20 something year old who just has like amazing genetics and i, I thought you guys had uh very nice like objective viewpoints. Not that I ever thought you didn't, but sometimes it's refreshing to hear just like that you can step back and say like, oh, it is a huge influence. Cause I just, it's almost just like irritating that some people think it has no influence and those people are always going to be out there. But I think you have a very realistic view on it because somebody said about your genetics. And I said, personally, I don't know if you would agree with this. I said, personally, I think Steve has above average genetics for building muscle but below average genetics from a bodybuilding structure standpoint, right? And then you just make the best of it with certain angles and poses and everything. Would you say that's a, a fair assessment? First of all, I appreciate that you appreciated our perspective on the genetic topic. Cause it, for some reason, it's like a bit of a, like it, it really rubs some people up the wrong way. I don't think it should. It's like a very matter of fact, yeah. genetics have a fucking huge influence. If you're 20 years old and you're winning bodybuilding shows, you're a fucking genetic elite like you are like yeah. there's no two like ways about it right it wasn't <laughs> like, just because you work really hard 
or no one turned up maybe yeah right, right. <laughs> uh, so that's the only other thing um so no absolutely so i, I think it, it bears a huge relevance but the thing i always like to come back to is just like you can't change it so just do your best job like yep. don't don't let the fact that you maybe don't have the best genetics like set you back whatever you know and that's where i come from in terms of with myself and i agree with your assessment actually i always just say i have average genetics um i think at times i thought i had like poor genetics but as i was like i've done this for a decade i'm like oh actually when i compare how much like and you said above average genetics for muscle mass maybe um certainly my arms um but like and actually in terms of bodybuilding my arms are probably above average they're definitely above average as well but it's because like people will say like i don't know i don't have big quads for example it's like i actually do have big quads and they are strong it's just they don't look yeah. <laughs> very good because right. they from a bodybuilding perspective aren't great so actually i think i agree with you i think actually potentially average to above average for like muscle growth potential because i think i have a really good amount of muscle mass for like who like where i am i don't know where my ffmi is not that that's the best marker but i don't think it's too off too far off like 25 it's probably like a bit under there yeah uh, and then yeah for bodybuilding in terms of like <laughs> apart from my arms <laughs> like everything else and it, the, the biggest thing that holds me back is like waist to shoulder yeah. like difference is like that's why i hit like a most muscular and my elbows are out here right <laughs> versus right. like this square box or yeah you know people hit this front relaxed and they're just like they have no waste it's like no right yeah no I, i'm part of the blocky waste crew for sure well uh, i remember hearing mike say on one of the podcasts and he was like you know much he was like steve you have dog shit genetics i didn't I was, expect that yeah <laughs> i was like Dude, what are you talking me. about <laughs> but i i guess if he just means structurally sure um from a building muscle standpoint like no way there's just no way um again almost like you said by definition although i will say it was very impressive you're one of the rare individuals that even after competing, like you said, 2014 to 2017, not a lot of progress. And then to then go and make that much progress, you know, the next four years was really great. But that probably does speak to the whole thing about early at the start of this episode, where we said, you took a long time, but you also did get to a new high weight. And maybe there was some value in that, you know, I mean, I, I think there is value. I mean, you know, Abel and Brian, and I have talked about like, you allowed yourself to eat, right? And, and like, or forced yourself to eat, really. Um, and I do think there's value in that. I don't think continuing to do it year after year after year, that's why I stopped doing it. But I think you're holding yourself back if as a natural or enhanced, really, um, you don't push the limits with weight. I really do think that that's an important thing to go through. And, and almost every long-term natural has done it, uh, who's impressive. Yeah. I think particularly now we have a better understanding of body fat in relation to partitioning ratios and how it isn't a strong relationship like it's not the fatter you get the worse your partitioning ratio is to like yeah. muscle that if your training performance is really good you're like feeling good keep like and someone's like should i cut i'm like ah, well if you've got no reason to be lean anytime soon yeah no like keep pushing up until obviously you don't want to get like oh this is where the poor health would come in probably once you're much over like 20 yeah. percent. maybe some people still feel all right and then i'd just be like ah. i get i get a bit uncomfortable when you're like can't see any muscle on you like, right right definition. i always thought the p ratio thing was kind of bs not that it like doesn't exist but more just like it's like look man like you don't look at this team of football players who's all like 20 plus percent body fat and be like you know what you guys really need to cut down first so you can gain more muscle you know or even like powerlifters like it's not like these heavyweight powerlifters it's like i got to cut all this weight so i can have a better partitioning like 
even if that percentage in a study is the case, that's slightly better when leaner. First of all, that doesn't necessarily apply to people who dieted down to get leaner. It applies to people who are naturally leaner. But then secondly, like just in the real world, that's just not what we see, you know? So I've never yeah. really been in the camp of like, you got to diet down so your bulk is more effective, you know, again, to a point. I think it appealed to people like myself who are a bit fat phobic and like, yeah. like, oh yeah, I should stay, I should do this mini cut and like get striations because I'm going to have a better P ratio. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I think it's good that it's like, going away because now like people like myself are just not going to be as scared to, not that i am anymore but you're going to get less of these skinny guys who are just like oh no i have to stay lean to like gain muscles like no you need to push yeah. body weight up yeah yeah i also liked in the video that you guys were again and pascal had good perspectives on it too like he said you know people are like oh just compete you know you're never gonna be ready just compete first and he's like well no i want to wait until i'm actually ready and like have a substantial amount of muscle mass to compete you know i, I think it is like it could be embarrassing to go on before you're ready um, and you had a good stance on, like you said, with that 20 year old example who they maybe had better genetics and they had better clients. And like, that could be frustrating as somebody who's done this for so long and everybody's like, Oh, but like, just focus on yourself. Like don't. And it's like, look, like it is the most human thing to compare to other people. Right. And, and so not that it's like necessarily good, but I, I like that even after all this time is like kind of like a figure in the natural bodybuilding community, you can still say, no, that actually is frustrating when that happens, you know? No, it absolutely is. Uh, it's, it still happens where people will judge your knowledge based off your physique or how heavy you can lift, whereas that has no bearing on your ability to get other people like right. that. But it does have a bearing on, again, who you attract. And if you're elite, you probably attract elite because elite are only going to go to elite in terms right. of physique. And then you have all these like people who are your, and I've seen this, you have your like top tier clients who you put everything into maybe and then you have like these other people that come and they try what you're doing it's like fuck yeah it doesn't work. <laughs> just going harder and eating more or whatever they say isn't doing it for me and then they kind of do some research they do some googling they find your podcast my podcast and they're like oh these guys seem more up my alley and then they right, can probably help me yeah whereas like that elite person who just as responds to anything maybe that never need to get to our level of thought about things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this, this isn't totally related, but just something I had thought of. I do think that natural lifters can absolutely learn from enhanced lifters, uh, you know, because, and reality, probably even more so because like enhanced lifters, can they learn from naturals? Sure. But there's gotta be so much that they can do that. Like the naturals just never experienced. Whereas all enhanced lifters, have at one point been natural lifters. Now, some people made that jump after a really short period of time. So they really never got to experience it. Um, but, you know, I, I played the little clip of Mike saying, oh, well, like, you know, when Steve ramps up your volume, you're going to see new muscle gain, right? And, and it was like, okay. Uh, so one of the things I think that happens just inherently, even if somebody was natural for years, they just almost seem to forget to some extent what it's like to be natural. They forget what it's like to not gain almost anything substantial for years. And I see this with a lot of people where they just think like this factor is important or they emphasize this factor. And it's like, I understand that it's working for you, but it doesn't mean that it would have worked for you naturally. And I think one good example of this is I believe you told me that this year when you cut very successfully. One of the things you did was you kept your exercises pretty much constant. You wanted to see that that strength was there. And didn't you mention that in your previous cut, Jared 
Feather told you to like change exercises often for like the novelty of it. And we were saying that potentially that was one of the reasons that you gained or you retained more muscle this time. Does that sound familiar at all? Yeah, absolutely does. Um, I don't know if at that point though, uh, Jared was assisted or not. <laughs> I actually can't reflect on yeah. whether he not was in 2017. Um, but he was also a protege of Mike who definitely was sure. enhanced at that point. Right. So, yeah. And, but, and I think Jared still probably, I don't know if he still has that, a kind of mindset in terms of uh, more frequent rotation of exercises. I think he may still have that. I don't know. You'd have to ask him. He's yeah. quite like secretive um, about coming on podcasts and things. Mm. Damn him. So you have to come June uh, 4th, London seminar. Okay. <laughs> Just to set, sell it to anyone who's listening who maybe doesn't even know we're doing that, but Jared will be there. Um, but yeah, he want, we were changing exercises way more frequently and I was stubborn about keeping the same exercise. Uh, and I think that helped. Uh, I don't know though, but it, I think you're right in terms of, and even I see it with myself and even with us working together, like I almost had you in my head, but didn't, you, you had double the trainee age of what like my most experienced probably trainee has maybe not quite double, but close to that amount. And I don't think I took that into consideration when I was like thinking about the results we should see at the end, which is probably why I was like, yeah, photos would be helpful because I find mm. them helpful with the rest of my guys. But then when I sat back and you did your video and I thought about it, I was like, hey, photos, maybe they aren't going to be like helpful really at that point. And it's like frustrating because I want to be able to like prove that something's right, happening. Right. It's, it's actually really hard to. But yeah, certainly I, I do think, I think it's hard not to be influenced by kind of where you are now and you end up maybe speaking slightly out of turn to how you would have spoken where you were once yeah whether that's enhanced or just like very advanced as like a, a natural or whatever yeah like i would just be so curious to see like enhanced mike coach natural mike if he had been natural like this whole time <laughs> i could just see him like saying like things are gonna work and then natural mike's like nothing's fucking happening here like <laughs> you know like and, and who knows how it would actually turn out but i i think that's why Ultimately, I do like to follow the guys like 3DMJ and all that. And I, I follow Mike's stuff, but I don't apply it as much. Um, and again, obviously, it's one of those situations where we'd say, hey, we agree on 90% of the things and all that. But I, I just find that guys like 3DMJ are a little bit more relatable. You guys are relatable. Um, and, and, you know, there's still things that are fun from an intellectual standpoint to kind of play around with. But again, at this point, it is a lot about how can I stay interested in the gym and motivated? And that's one of the things that like, why I enjoy the three days a week, not only does it allow me to have a little bit more of like other things in my life, but when you're working out less frequently, it's like, Oh, it's been two days since I've worked out. Like I want to get back in there, you know, and, and maybe going back to the whole like belief, maybe that's just going to be something that keeps me going for another 10, 20 years versus if I was doing five or six days a week and I had to maybe mentally, I would just kind of burn out probably with everything else going on. Yeah, no, I can, I can totally see that. Uh, well, I am, it, it makes me think of people who are maybe in your shoes who do compete. And I'm like, fuck, like I find competing very challenging, especially towards the end. Yet I have my life almost set up. <laughs> like right. I can choose, like I can wear, like, for example, keep my totally daily energy expenditure up by wearing a weighted vest and doing mm -hmm. all these walks and standing at my standing desk, whatever. And I just, like I can set up my schedule. It's like for you, like you have to be like front facing clients and like interacting with people. And it's like, 
you have to wear certain clothing even potentially yeah. so like <laughs> I, I yeah i take my hat off to this is why i think like i said before like so for some people i think there's a lifestyle constraint that sure. means possibly they don't see as good progress and so maybe they don't quite get like they hit a, an age limit to their gains or yeah. they just hit like a complete lifestyle limit <laughs> yeah yeah for sure i'm very interested to see what will happen with you a little bit like i i'm sure because you compete and you're a coach it's always going to be a, a big thing for you but guys like jeffrey very schofield alpha destiny natural hypertrophy like some of these guys who aren't competing but they've made very impressive gains i think i could be wrong i think most of them are still in that like 10 year period i'm very interested to see if they're still around in like the youtube community and everything at like 16 years if the perspective is changing you know and, and one thing i like about like jeff is that he does take these measurements very frequently and and he looks at his strength so i think he is somebody who will be able to see if anything's actually happening you know yeah yeah, yeah i guess the only person i can think of that si was similar in that kind of way is uh, matt ogus yeah. I'd be interested to know how much he thinks he's improved over the last like few years. Um, yeah, and a lot of the guys on... who, yeah, I tried to get been... Matt on. <laughs> yeah, I've tried. <laughs> it was no no luck. Um, but a lot of the guys, they do kind of drop off. Like like Omar Yusuf, who's been doing this a long time. Um, kind of, I think he's been about the same for, I don't know, five years. I mean, at least from his strength standpoint. Now I know he will focus on different phases, but I don't. his, his like PRs were set like five or six years ago. Um, but then a lot of people just on YouTube fitness in general, they go to other things, right? Like you guys yeah. have the coaching. So that makes sense. But like Omar's channel, he's kind of like stopped. Like people have like a, a window and it's good to try to take advantage of it while you have it. But then, you know, you kind of just get into other things in life and which I, I don't like Mike said this before too. Like, I don't think that's wrong. Like, I think it's, it's a reasonable yeah. thing to do. You know, it's like, there's other things. I don't know if I'd want to get into other sports. Like somebody's mentioned, oh, you could do that. But you know, the nice thing with bodybuilding is and I feel this way, like with my situation, it's like, I'm going to be lifting regardless. So I'm going to still try to progress. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't go into the gym and think, all right, like, this is what I got last week. Once I get that, I'll just stop. Like, I'm still trying. And that's how like, I hit a pull-up PR this summer. It was just a one rep PR from two years prior. <laughs> so that's the speed, you know, it was uh, 14 reps with 45 pounds attached to me summer of 2019, 15 reps with 45 pounds attached to me in the summer of 2021. So like, I'm still doing the pull-ups. I'm still trying and maybe, you know, once a year, something pops out, but um, versus sports, it's a whole nother endeavor, higher injury risk. Um, like I think jujitsu is really cool, but I just can't really risk like my neck back or hands getting like my career would be totally screwed. Um, so there's just things, I don't know if you've ever like avoided sports because you don't want it to affect your bodybuilding, but no, I think I kind of came to a transition, I think because of how my accident kind of happened. And so I just fell out of love with doing various things like running and like, I don't know, it just, I think I just ended up kind of isolating myself. So then bodybuilding just allowed, like I just found it and it kind yeah. of, I just gave those other things up kind of slowly over time. So I wouldn't say I avoided them. It just kind of happened serendipitously yeah. kind of together. Uh, but now I, I can remember the last time I played football, was like i don't know three years ago or something i used to love it i actually do enjoy playing it i was sore for like a week afterwards so now if i was to do yeah. it i'd be like fuck i really think about <laughs> what yeah. i'm doing with my training here yeah i definitely noticed like i don't i don't feel significantly older now at 30 compared to 20 but i do 
I just know like I have to be a little bit more careful. Like, you know, like my brother and I like sprinted on the beach two years ago, like no warm up. And I was like, oh, maybe you gotta like just just be careful with that, you know, going forward. Or like my I've mentioned like my beastly cousin who like has like the huge legs. And I don't know where the genetics yeah. come from. And uh, he's like 250. And I remember we were just kind of slightly wrestling just like briefly. And like it's like my back kind of got tweaked. And I was like, oh, man, I'm getting old. <laughs> and he's like you know, 18. And like I said, just like prime prime time for him so yeah it's just something to keep in mind but no, i think go ahead i was only going to say just one other person who came to mind who moved to different endeavors although i think he's competed or yeah he just competed recently is sam okonoa i might say his last name wrong he was on um iron culture podcast uh like very good natural bodybuilder WMBF pro like when he's done his seasons before he just like wins everything <laughs> i'm pretty sure he's won worlds WMBF worlds oh, but wow. he like got well into running like really, I, I I don't know the whole backstory behind it. But again, he's someone who's like felt like maybe he'd hit his peak and he just mm. wanted to try something different. <laughs> so oh, I, I you you do see it with people who are like at that. Like, yeah, no love top. for running from my end. Once I hit that <laughs> six minute mile goal, I was like, I'm done. Like, I don't. I think I've run like twice since then at all. I still do cardio for health, uh, but like specifically running, not about that life. <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah. So uh, I, we touched on a lot. Anything that you felt we missed or that you'd want to say or anything at all? Uh, only, I think there was just one point where you mentioned, and I just wanted to clear this up for anyone listening with, in terms of data collection, you were like, there was so much data collection. Mm. So there definitely can be for the person that's able to do it. And I think you even said this in your video where you were just like, I don't believe Steve is going to make everyone do this. Like, yeah. And I just would reiterate, <laughs> I do <laughs> or you're off you're off the coaching team uh no it's definitely a case of like I want to get you doing the least possible to get like what I need to do the job so even for some clients who don't log like they have their separate logbook and they find it tiresome to like put their numbers into the spreadsheet I'm like mm. if and I've been coaching them a while I'm like if you feel like things are going well I don't necessarily need to see the hard numbers until maybe like a peak week or if something's not quite going right, I need you to like take me through your logbook. But if it's like tiresome to fill out our spreadsheet because you don't, you're using it as like a, another resource. Mm -hmm. So very much, I don't know, I guess that's what individual, that's what I hope people realize from our coaching. It's, it's individualized. Like I'm not like right, expecting right. everyone to give me all this data, but no, I don't think so. I think, I think we had a good discussion. Um, this, yeah, I, I I'm, was honored to be able to kind of take you through it. Uh, and I guess in some ways it met expectations and in some ways I'm still gutted that didn't see like many inklings of potentially kind of lighting a new growth spurt right, in you. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a good topic of discussion. Actually, I don't think it's ever something I've covered on the podcast on our podcast, like talking about like what, ha like genetic ceilings. It's not really come up. It's always just a case of it doesn't really exist. You don't, how do you know it doesn't? And like, it's always just been brushed brush part, but past, but I'd be interested. I don't know, maybe even like a round table with yourself, me and Mike talking through what we did together. Yeah. And if Mike has any further thoughts on like what could have been different or was it expected and like, yeah, what he thinks maybe you should do in future. I don't know. It'd just yeah. be interesting to get someone who he'll understand the way I probably coach you because it's similar philosophy to him. I don't yeah, know. I think that would be uh, just... super interesting actually um yeah i mean if, if you if you want to do that or you might want to do that you know I, I think that'd be a pretty interesting discussion to have all you know all three of our perspectives on yeah. it that'd be cool uh i'll run it past him because he might just say like 
I've got nothing to add past <laughs> you guys discussed, <laughs> yeah. which wouldn't, which would be a fine response because I oh. honestly think like we've, like, like yeah, <laughs> done, yeah. done the discussion quite justice. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, man. Well, again, thank you for everything the last six months. Thank you for coming on. Uh, obviously, I have links and everything below, but where can people find more of your stuff? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, thank you for, again, like I said, it's been a fun time to be able to like take you through it. And uh, I hope, like you said at the start, like at least I'm glad you took something away from it, even if it wasn't necessarily like the, the thing that we're all looking for, um, if not yet. Uh, so in terms of where people can find us, uh, Revive Stronger. Um, so if they search revivestronger.com, they'll find our website. It's got the podcast, coaching, everything over there. I'm Revive Stronger over on Instagram. So if they want to kind of see what's going on over there, they can. Awesome. Thank you, my friend.